everyone. It's Frida Rebel. This is my podcast. Today we're going to talk about a super important subject because uh, it is now fire season. You know, for everyone that lives in California, you know, fall is not our favorite time. Um, sure, it's a beautiful, you know, season, but it is so dangerous because there's a lot of fires right now. There's fires going on you know, all over Northern California. We are having some down here in Southern California as well. Um, It's not only fire that is dangerous, it's also smoke inhalation, and that goes for horses as well. So it's important not only to remember to stay safe from fire, but also sometimes you also have to evacuate because of smoke. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about my experiences with evacuation, uh, fire... Uh, situations where you feel panicked and how to handle them in the best possible way to make everything smoother for you and your horse and to for everyone to stay safe. Uh, we're going to also talk about some loading tips um, or should you set your horse free? What does that mean? Um, what are some things that you should have? Should you have a box that's always packed and those are kind of your most important items to bring? I'm going to talk you through my list that I always keep prepared. We are also going to answer some of your questions that you guys have sent in. So yeah, let's go. So obviously it would be terrific if we had several hours heads up when uh, we had to evacuate. That would obviously be the ideal situation. But, you know, that's not really how the world works. And sometimes the fire can just sneak up on you. It could be maybe the neighbor's property that catches on fire. Or you were asleep. I mean, that is fully 100% natural that you are asleep and so are your horses and you're thinking that everything's fine. You wake up and you have, you know, 30 minutes um, to evacuate. Those situations do happen. Yes, when there is fire season, I do definitely recommend like every night just checking, are there fires, what's going on, checking up on your emergency alert system on your phone, making sure that you're getting any type of texts or like where I live is called VC emergency. You know, you just want to make sure that you're hooked up to all those types of channels um, and uh you know, then you can hopefully sleep pretty well. So you do that. And then let's say that someone would get an alert and it would be like, there's a fire it's X amount of miles away from you. Then what do you do? Yes. <laughs> you know, I get this question that should I evacuate? Should I really leave? Like the authorities are not telling me to leave. Um, is voluntary evacuation. I mean, my opinion is I'd rather leave many times and come back safe than wait and not know if I'm going to be able to get out of there safely. I'd rather go in a voluntary evacuation system and like 
be able to take my time, load my horses, pack all my things, head out and be on the road and then, you know, come back later the same day or come back two days and maybe your neighbors didn't evacuate, but you did and you were on the safe side because I'd rather be safe than sorry. How do you stay the safest? Well, wins, I would say, make sure they have some type of app, maybe on your phone, computer, where you can see how the winds are blowing. That way you're being able to monitor if the wind is coming towards you, which means that the fire would be coming towards you. Uh, also stay updated on you know local news stations and local fire stations they usually are pretty good with updating on Facebook or Twitter and things like that uh, also it's good to have the neighbor your neighbor ranch's phone number so you can kind of contact them see what they're doing see what their plans are and also have in the back of your mind if there would be a fire, where would I go? Look up your closest animal shelters. They usually take animals. Um, maybe make some calls to friends or uh, other ranches that you know that are further away or you know, make new contacts. You can always call and say, hey, I know that you guys are closer you know, maybe to the ocean or you're not in an extreme fire zone. If the worst thing would happen and I need to evacuate, is that something that I can do to you? Can I call you guys in an emergency? Like, what is the setup? Do you guys have stall? Is there a pasture available? You know, just try to have an idea of where to go so that when you stand there and you're loading and everything is kind of chaotic, at least you have a few numbers in your phone that's like, okay, these are the contacts that I can call. Also, if you do not have a trailer of your own, I mean, I have a lot of horses, so I can't really trail all my horses at once. So I make sure that I have several people's number in my phone that I know and that I trust that are good to trailer my horses. And the minute there is a fire, I call them and I give them a heads up and I stand, you know, put myself on a list and that I want to be picked up. And that's very important so that you're not like, ooh, I only know one person that has a trailer. Try to make more connections and like try to have a little phone book of emergencies in your um you know, in your back pocket. That's also good to have, like, if you have a horse that has a colic and needs to go to the hospital, a severe injury happens, have two, three, four people that you can call because, you know, 4th of July once I, I needed a ride and I called and there was not a lot of them that were available. And I understand that. But if you have enough number, obviously your chances are a lot greater. Let's talk about loading. I think, obviously, like we talked about before, loading your horse earlier is better. You know, the the least amount of pressure that you can put on yourself and on your horse horses to load, obviously, the better. 
you know, I do recommend everyone to practice with their horses, to do practice runs. Just be like, oh, okay, let's get in the trailer. Let's go drive around the block, you know, so that that is not something that's like super strange to them that you would do. Um, and we can have a whole episode about loading later on, but I would definitely try to practice it and make it, uh, like a very normal habit for them to go into a trailer. I do recommend in situations like this that you load with other horses so that they're not alone. Um, I also like try to keep your calm and normal as possible so that the horse can find comfort in you. I think that's really important. And yes, I mean, maybe, I mean, loading can be such a controversial question and there's so many answers to it. And I know a lot of people use many different techniques, but I must say in an emergency situation, if you, if they're, if you have to chase a little bit with a broom or use a rope behind their butt, I mean, if it's a life or death situation, you are helping the horse to survive. And if you need to evacuate, you need to evacuate. But all of those kind of harsh techniques can be avoided if you practice enough. And, you know, just practice and make it safe for everyone because when you are rushing to load and you are using tools like ropes and brooms and whips and all that, you know, all of the helps that you can use, it's going to be not only stressful and dangerous for the horse because they can act very erratic. It's then also very dangerous to you because you're probably not acting out of your right mind because you have adrenaline, you might overdo things, and both of you can then get into a situation where you can get hurt. Let's say you don't have a trailer. Let's say that, you know, you live somewhere and all the trailer people that you usually use, they can't come because they're evacuating somewhere else and or your truck broke down you just can't you can't trailer your own horses and you're now realizing that you can't either you can't walk them out of the fire zone either because the the speed that you're walking the fire is burning faster so you're gonna have to set your horses free and it is such a horrible thought to not know where your horses are going to go. Are they going to be safe? Like what's going to happen? But I would say this, they're not going to run towards the fire. They're going to be smart enough to run away from the fire and try to be, get to a safe situation. They are good. They do try to find water. They do stick together. They have a herd mentality. And they are usually things for them to eat in the wild. There's lawns and, you know, in the woods, there's a bunch of different brush and sticks and whatnot. But so they are usually okay. Yes, if you don't find them right away, um, if they're out there for several days, obviously they can be injuries and obviously they can be dehydrated. And there's a lot of things that could go wrong. But most of the time, if you do set them free, they run away from the fire and then you can, you know, the fire, um, fighter, firefighters, they will use 
helicopters to try to locate them and they usually you know collect in big groups and then you can locate where they are and you can go pick them up from there. Some tips when you do set your horse free. You're gonna want you know to have some type of identification on them. I would always in my barn have a can of spray paint so you can spray paint your phone number or your initials or something like that. Maybe also like a giant cross on their butts so when the firefighters helicopters flying from above they can say we're seeing seven horses with big red crosses on their backs be like yes those are my horses I know where to go and look for them. Um, if your horse has wide hooves, for example, you could write with a Sharpie, you could write the phone number. Uh, I know there's a lot of different devices that you can put on your horses. I know there's clips that you can hang in their hair, like in their mane or their tails. There's also uh, little tags that you can put on their halters. Would I set my horse free in a halter? No. I mean, if it was maybe a leather halter, but but I really don't think I would because the danger of them getting stuck in something, if the halter do catches on fire, I don't want it to like melt into their face. That seems like a horrible, horrible view. I mean, we have two horses that actually were really burned and their face were pretty bad and thank goodness they didn't have halters on because that nylon would have just melted oh which is something i don't even want to think about so i do recommend just setting your horse free as it is and remember if you do have a barn and you're setting them free from the barn close up your barn because that is their safe space so a lot of horses will also try to like run into their barn because that's where they are safe um that some horses do do that and that doesn't come across as very smart but they're just acting off of like what is my safety spot yes this but if you do set them loose together and some of them take off running usually all of them kind of run together what are the things that you should have prepared in case of emergency I uh, have all my things packed into a metal can, uh, like a metal trash can that you can also use for your grain, etc. But any type of storage box will do. Uh, just make sure that it is big enough that you could carry it, but also not too heavy because you want to be able to be self-sufficient and do everything yourself. So big enough to have stuff in it, plenty of stuff, but also not big enough that you couldn't carry it by yourself. Very important. So where do you start? Yes, first, is your horse on medication? That's number one, because the vets are gonna be all over the place and be busy. You don't know if you're gonna have, you know, the ability to go to a vet office, you know, are they evacuated, etc. I always pack for 10 days, because you never know more you know more the merrier when it comes to meds in my opinion uh i pack for 10 days 
Uh, and then also, if you administer your drugs through a syringe, make sure you bring a couple of those. And then also make sure that you have grain so that if that's how you give your meds, that that is the grain that they're used to so that you're not evacuated, you're in some other barn and they only have a grain and your horse is like, won't eat that. That happens to old picky horses. And so just have a um, big Ziploc bag of what they really like and then stick to that. Also, have a water jug that is, you know, big enough for you to fill like half a bucket so the horse could get a good drink, but also not big enough that it's like a big hassle to carry it around. And they have collapsible ones and they have ones that you can refill in different hoses. And I would say that's a super smart thing to bring because you don't know, like, is it a far drive or you can have to stop and give your horse water will there be water available on the road or not so just have an emergency jug that's ready when it comes to medical supplies i would bring elasticon neosporin and non-stick pads because those are kind of your basic things you can treat not any type of wound but like lots of wounds at least until you can get a vet would wrap neosporin in a non-stick pad that should take you pretty far. I also always have an L spray, um, or some people call it silver spray. It's just if your horse gets scraped or scuffed or anything like that in the trailer, it's a good way to keep the flies out. Uh, I do an extra halter and lead just in case if something would break, I just keep it at the bottom of the box. Shampoo and a sponge because your horse could get super sweaty in the trailer. What if they get ashy, things like that? You don't want, or like they're just dusty and ash, and like ugh, it can be gross, and then they can get itchy from that. So, always bring like a sponge and just a regular shampoo would do it. I keep a fly mask. Um, not only because if it's fly season, it doesn't really matter so much, but sometimes if the if there is ash in the air and things like that, then fly spray is good. Um, fly spray, fly mask, but I would say fly spray is not super important. You don't have to have that, but if you have a horse that's allergic to flies, it could be a good thing, but definitely fly mask. A knife, always put a knife in there so you can cut your horse loose. You can, you know, cut up bales. You can cut shaving bags, etc. A knife is always good. I also always keep a Sharpie. A Sharpie so you can write on things. You can write on the, put a paper and write on the stall door. You know, for example, we have a horse that can't eat any hay. Like I always bring a Sharpie so that I can write no hay, only pellets, etc. Because people want to be nice and they walk around in some of these facilities where you were evacuated and they feed hay and... So you could just be really good to have like a Sharpie and a piece of paper, maybe even tape, or you can use a piece of your Elasticon and just put it up. If there's like, my horse has severe Cushing's, like no sugar, it can be really good to be able to put up notes. Um, I also bring a chain, uh, not to use on the horse, but a chain because you don't know what type of gates the horse will have, or is it a stall that doesn't have um, a clip or, you know, so a chain you can always like secure any type of door or stall or pasture. Bale string, 
Yeah, why would you bring bail string? Well, I think bail string is important because in some of these instances, your horse can have, you know, a very stressful situation when you are evacuated. So then I choose to have a bail string between my lead rope and my halter. So if my horse panics, it can snap and it can, you know, um, pull away. Cause when you're in new places and you tie up, especially a lot of my horses, they will get anxious and maybe hang themselves. Mail string is also good cause you can use it to tie up fencing and stalls, doors, and all that kind of stuff. It's just good to have a couple of strings with you. I do a tube abandonment uh, just in case if you uh, get into a situation where your horse get colicky or your horse, you know, gets a wound or something that's very painful, then just have a tube abandonment. It should be able to buy you some time until a vet could be there. Um, I know it can be controversial to talk about sedatives. Yes, drugs is not something that I... I'm a big fan of, but in situations like emergencies, I do think it could be good to have a sedative on hand. Like you've tried everything you can to load your horse, it still doesn't want to load. To have a little bit of sedative on hand that you can give like in the muscle um, so the horse can just take a breath and you can load it and everything can be safe. I always keep some of that on hand just so that I know that I can give it if I really have to. Mm, GastroGuard might be an overkill. GastroGuard is a product that helps prevent ulcers, but if you have had a horse that has suffered from gas colics and that has had problems with an irritated stomach or ulcers before, you know what I'm talking about. You want to then be able to have a GastroGuard to give to your horse in a stressful situation. Like, it is so expensive i know to have gas regard it's like 35 to 50 dollars i think to have a tube but you don't have to give an entire tube you can give a quarter or half and you can try to stretch this a little bit but it's really saved a couple of my horses to be able just to have it on hand so that they're not experiencing all that acid swishing around and they're just aggravating their ulcers a saline solution so easy to keep in there. It comes in a super good squirt bottle so you can clean out little wounds. You can also clean their eyes and uh, you know, all that kind of stuff, their mouth if you need to, if there's burns. Uh, so yeah, we talked about water bucket that you can hang in the stall and that's also we can use a bale string or you can use the chain to hang in the bucket. And uh, a collapsible bucket is even better because it really fits great into your whole uh, box where you keep all your things. So these are just the basic stuff that I keep in mind. And I write my name on it, ICE in case of emergency, and I write my phone number on it. And also one more thing, I always have the amount of halters on the fence where my horse is bored, as many horses there are in the pasture. Or if they're in stalls, I always make sure that there's a halter and a lead outside so that in an emergency, my horses can just be taken out and loaded even if I'm not there. Um, so that it's not like, let's just run and find the halters and halters are in her tack room and it's locked. I just always make sure that there's 
five halters if there's five horses. So super important to also remember that. Let's answer some of your questions. I'm gonna see my list. Okay, so first question is how to be best prepared. And I think we've talked about that. You know, have your emergency box ready, practice with your horse, maybe have some sedatives on hand if it, you know, if you really need it, you can use it. Have a halter hung out um, and, you know, look in your phone have a folder with your phone numbers for trailer people or and or and have numbers for other farms where you are able to go and evacuate too those would be my biggest advices to be ready also you know we talked about the apps on your phone check the wind stay updated by uh, watching the news etc Next question is, have you ever thought about living somewhere where fires are not an issue? Yeah, no, I do think about that. Um, it would be really nice to live somewhere where it rained a lot more, but I also do, you know, my life is here in Southern California. I adore my job. I love the way that we live our life and I love all our horses here and so yes do i think about it in fire season yes absolutely do i think that i will move somewhere <laughs> probably not um but it makes me be more responsible and more prepared for sure what do you do if a horse doesn't want to go into a trailer like absolutely doesn't want to go in yeah and we kind of touched on that subject as well you can use some sedatives you know, if it is really an emergency, you can try different methods and see if there's anything that works. Try to trailer with another horse as well. And blindfolding is something that, you know, does work. That it's not aggressive and it's not violent and you can put a bandana or a towel over their face and it makes them you know, just take a minute and not look at what they're scared of and could follow you onto the trailer. Um, not saying that it's a great way to go at all, but I'm just saying in an absolute emergency, it's something that you could do. Another question is, another question is are horses very scared of smoke and fire after? You know, I think that's super individual, honestly. I've had a couple horses that were really burnt and they do they when they have smelled smoke they do get a little airy because they know what it is and they've really you know been through it and they felt and seen fire so yes they would get a little airy but other horses that's just you know smelled smoke in an evacuation and it's been a pretty regular load and you go and you have a good experience and then you come back. No, not really, but it doesn't affect them that much in my experience. Does fire and smoke make horses uncomfortable in general? Yes, no matter what experience they've had with it, they understand that it's dangerous, just like we do. It's just like such a basic instinct that they have they're like a fire that's <laughs> that's scary um 
if you set all your horses free, how do you find them again? I think that depends on where you live, honestly. Um, but here, I think they look for them mostly with helicopter to be able to see them from above. It depends on how like patchy or how thick forest you have also, I believe. But do that. You can, you know, do the spray paint like we talked about, phone number, try to tag them somehow. And that's an easy way for you to identify them. Uh, are there a lot of horses that dies or get smoke damage? I, unfortunately, a lot of animals die every year in fires. And there are horses that do get, you know, severe smoke inhalation. And they do die from that as well. It is a thing. And uh, unfortunately, every year, these fires definitely take their victims 100%. Last question is, how to prep your property the best way? Can you dig down a ditch of water? Mm. Well, I would say this. Brush clearance, brush clearance, brush clearance. Make sure that your property is you know, brushed cleared by goats or with your trimmer or however you want to do it. You make sure that your property and the perimeters around your property are as safe as possible. Also make sure that you have, you know, an emergency tank with water, for example, if you need to set off a sprinkler system to protect from fire. You make sure that maybe you keep your hay separate from your barn um, so that if that catches on fire, it doesn't automatically catch your barn on fire. Um, but, it, but it's hard, you know, we all keep hay in our barn and, you know, our horses live on straw or shavings. So then it's like, yes, that could also catch on fire. Absolutely. Um, but I would just say brush clearance have, you know, a plan of like, if the fire comes from the left, how do I deal with it there? What is our water situation? What's our barrier looking like? And the same, if it comes from the other side, also, try to plan how to drive your trailer like if it's burning from east or the west like how do i drive what are all my options off of this property and how do i get out depending on where the fire is coming from but brush clearance knowing how to get off the property the safest way um have different routes and uh, you know prepare it with a sprinkler system wet things down wet the roofs down and um, you know honestly it's just things and I know it's a home and I've never had my home burned down so I don't really know how that feels I hope I never do but at the end of the day if you're alive and your animals are alive that is absolutely what matters at the end of the day What are my experiences with evacuation? Um, it's a question that a lot of people had. Um, we were evacuated two years ago in the big Wolsey fire. And I mean, that's an experience that I will never forget. You know, two days before there's a fire that starts 
and you think, oh yeah, they're going to get that under control. That's not going to be that bad. That's miles and miles and hours away. And then there you are a few days later and it's burned all the way to the ocean. You know, it, it destroyed so many homes and uh, it was just, it was one of those experiences that I hope I will never, ever, ever have to go through again. Um, I stood in my backyard where I live and I saw the fire and I'm like, huh, okay, well, it's on the other side of the freeway. It's not even close to jumping the 101. It's so far away. And then to go to bed, to wake up to an alert that it jumped a freeway, it's in a whole other city now, and it's about to jump the freeway again. And when it would jump that freeway, it's just off to the race that it could burn all the way to the ocean. Um, it was one of those just like it felt like we were in a horror movie. I didn't know what was going to happen and people were truly panicking. Um, we decided to not wait. Uh, we got a voluntary evacuation order and we decided to go for it. Um, there was a lot of people that came to help and there was a lot of trailers. We were super blessed to be able to load all our horses. We started with putting them all in paddocks and we had a sprinkler system. So we put the sprinklers on also to, you know, help with the smoke because there was a lot of smoke. And, for you know, we were very fortunate to have uh, the fire not burn into where we were, but it could have. The wind could have shifted and the smoke was so bad that I'm glad that we left also just because of the smoke. Um, when they were all loose and the sprinkler were on, we then tried to load them according to friends groups and like what they would be most comfortable with. And, you know, you have a tendency to know your horses a little bit. So you want to kind of load the calmest, you know, oldest or most you know down to earth horse first and then you want to put you know your little craziest so to speak like last and then drive off that's what we did and also to make them comfortable to have a friend um there was two different two ways out of the community that we were in and uh we decided to leave before either of them were closed. So if one would close, the other one would still be open. And eventually both of them did close. So, I mean, it was so important that we got out on time. Because um, I did not want to stand there and defend the horses with water hoses when a giant fire comes. Like, that's just not for me. Um, so we got them all loaded. We had our emergency kits that we brought and we were able to go to two different locations. So we split the horses up and there was tons of donations of hay and shavings delivery and there were stalls. There was no pasture space. It was only stalls. So we put, we bedded the stalls and then we put the horses according to friendship, just like we had loaded them. And we had water buckets and chains, so we were able to secure the stall doors and then hang the buckets or put buckets on the ground. Uh, like the Home Depot and Do It Center were also super generous. They brought uh, a bunch of paint buckets that if you didn't have a bucket for your horse, you could have one of those, uh, those big orange ones. 
Um, and then we fed them and we tried to just keep them calm and it was close to the ocean so the air quality there was really good. And then we just try to manage and keep it as, <laughs> if you hear a noise, it's my dog in the background who's walking around. Um, but we try to keep the days as normal as possible, feed on the same schedule and pout, you're making a lot of noise. He loves to sleep on this vest that I have, this like uh, puffy vest, but it has like a raincoat material on it. So it's a little noisy, but anyway, keep the horse's schedule pretty much as usual, you know, meds on the same time and uh, feeding on the same times. So we try to hand walk them, turn them out and just keep their day every day normal until we were able to get back home again. And just the fear of not having a place to come back to was just super scary. And I just want to say thank you to all of those first responders and thank you to all the firefighters and thank you for the vet trucks that drove around and offered their services for free and that were super helpful. And we had some really sick horses at that point. And I was just so glad that I did have all their meds and I had meds for several days because you never know for how long you're going to be gone. And, uh, you know, if we have to evacuate today, my halters are ready. The phone numbers for trailers are there. And like we have our emergency box and we could just pick up and go. All our horses are pretty, I wouldn't say like a hundred percent trained for trailers, but they are really good. And, you know, just to be able to go to bed and know that if I need to leave, I can leave. And, um, that's given me so much peace of mind. So I would say, be prepared, train your horse, stay updated of what's going on in your area, and let's hope that there is never any fires so that we can just live our life in a little bit more peace. But, you know, fire season is here and it's here to stay, so buckle up, get ready, stay safe out there. And remember, most of all, keep your calm. If you're calm, your horse will be calm and then everyone will be a lot safer. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you took away something from it that you can implement in your own life with your horses. And next week, I hope that we're going to have a guest on. If we don't, Yeah, you just have to do with me. (laughs) But okay, talk to you soon. Bye.